Welcome to the 2024 season for Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, the number one podcast for Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks and home to the top-rated guidebook of the same name. And I'm your author as well as your host for this and all the other podcasts as well as the videos, Teddy Garland. And this podcast is one that is listed in the guidebook for you to listen to if you want to hear some fun stories about the roads you'll be driving on getting to the one day adventure that you chose and today you guys are hunting bears and wolves on the north loop and we are completing the driving portion of this this area and that chapter with this podcast we're completing the whole top loop with the drive from tower junction we'll go past tower falls we'll go over mount washburn then we'll head down the hill and end up in the canyon area and in the previous couple of podcasts we covered tower up the northeast entry road and then we covered norris to mammoth mammoth to uh, tower and then all that so we're kind of completing the north loop and these are the podcasts you can listen to if you want some more information about the roads you're going to drive on and hear some fun stories about the roads you're going to drive on as you hunt bears and wolves on the north loop which is described in full how you do that in that chapter of the guidebook. The guidebook has been called the best guidebook ever written for Yellowstone Park and a must-have for any trip to Yellowstone and even the Bible for Yellowstone Park. So, if you are thinking about getting a guidebook for your Yellowstone vacation and you want some more information before you buy one, simply listen to my podcast, Introduction to Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, or you can watch the YouTube video of the same name, And there you will hear my family's over 100-year history in the area and how I am one of the foremost authorities on Yellowstone Park. And you'll figure out how easy the guidebook is to use. You only need to read the chapters that interest you. You don't need to read the whole guidebook to get a good feel for Yellowstone Park. And the guidebook gives you step-by-step instructions so you can self-guide your family through the park. And the guidebook's big key is it breaks the enormous size of Yellowstone Park down into manageable bites that you can easily and enjoyably do in a single day. And in the planning your Yellowstone vacation chapter, the guidebook tells you how to beat all the crowds to all the top sites and saving a ton of time. Also, it tells you how to save thousands of dollars on your Yellowstone vacation by following my money-saving tips on flights, lodging, as well as dining. And I highly recommend anybody listening to this podcast to join the Explore Yellowstone Like a Local Facebook group where you will see hundreds of sparkling reviews of the guidebook as well as thousands of pictures that you guys have posted of you guys having a wonderful time in Yellowstone Park with the help of the guidebook. To get your copy, simply go to our website, exploreyellowstonelikealocal.com, where you can get an electronic copy for only 12 bucks or a paperback copy for 25 bucks. and I write a personal note to everyone who buys one and throw in a cool Yellowstone sticker as well. And there's some combo deals on there that save you some money. Those are very popular. And we have a store for this year with some cool trucker hats and some cool t-shirts and some nice swag on there for you guys. And for the 2024 season, 
season, the guidebook is 20% longer than it was in 2023, so there's a lot more fun information for you guys to peruse in that guidebook. But be aware, we only print off a thousand paperback copies of the guidebook every year to do our part to help save the environment. You guys are visiting the world's most famous national park, albeit. So if you want a paperback copy, then you better order it now. We sold out in 2023, about the first week in August. And with our growing popularity, we will sell out before that. So let's get started with this podcast. And remember, the podcasts are just a little icing on the cake. The guidebook is the cake, and it tells you everything you need to do to go find bears and wolves in Yellowstone Park. And we're just finishing off the podcasts that are listed in the guidebook for you guys to listen to if you guys want some more information about the roads you're going to drive on as you tootle along and hear some funny stories that are simply too lengthy to put in the guidebook. So let's get rolling. Tower Junction to the Canyon Junction, and we will finish off the North Loop with this podcast. And for a little bonus for you guys that are hunting Bullwinkle, the elusive moose. Moose are hard to find in Yellowstone Park, but they're easy to find in Grand Teton. But we're going to swing by a spot that I've got listed in the guidebook for you guys along this section of road where it is pretty easy to find some moose up close and personal. So that's just a little bonus kicker. Plus, we're going to end up in the gorgeous canyon area. So if you guys missed anything in the fall, it falls earlier. You can swing by there and catch some of the great waterfalls and all that stuff's listed in the guidebook for you guys. So, all right, let's get rolling with this podcast. And uh, remember, you guys don't really need to listen to these podcasts to pull off a great day in Yellowstone Park, Finding Bears and Wolves. Just read the chapter. And if you want some more information, that's what these podcasts are. And I throw in some funny stories. So, all right, let's get rolling. Here we go. All right, so let's cover... Tower Junction to Canyon area and make a couple stops and hopefully we can find a couple of grizzly bears along the way. And we're going to find the elusive moose. Here we go. So we are starting at Tower Junction, not Tower Falls, Tower Junction with the Roosevelt Stables right there. And in the guidebook, I cover a really, really cool event that happens there every evening. It's called a Chuck Wagon Dinner. And that is highly recommended in the guidebook. And uh, if you guys want to, or horse people want to go horseback riding, don't ride in the park. I tell you all a great place you can ride right outside the park in the guidebook. All right, so let's get moving down the road, heading east, and then we're going to circle around. Remember, we're basically completing the upper loop of Yellowstone Park today. And the only real big things to do in Yellowstone Park on the north loop is really go look for bears and wolves. The North Loop is just one day on your Yellowstone vacation. That is why it's one chapter. It's one of the one-day adventures you can choose out of the guidebook. But even on this entire North Loop, Norris all the way over to Canyon... You know, there's just not a lot of stuff to do. There's not a lot of pizzazz in this area to see. You know, the highlight of the thing to me is going to Osprey Falls, and that's covered in the hiking chapter in the guidebook. And there's a great video of us on our private YouTube page down there. It's just getting wailed on but uh, by this waterfall, but it's a ball. But, uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of pizzazz. And, you know, you can go down to the Hell Roaring, and I cover that in the guidebook as well. And But... Uh, there's just not a lot of big things to go see along here, you know, but one of the fun things to go see, it takes about 20 minutes to go see it, is Tower Falls. So that's the first thing you're going to come to. So let's cover Tower Falls next. You're going to head east and you're going to get to Tower Falls. And real quickly, in about three miles, 
But before you get to Tower Falls, you go through this area called the Narrows, and uh, it's a canyon just narrows up really, really quickly, and there's these bizarre kind of 20, 25 foot tall blocks of yellow rock kind of layered like a cake right above your head. I mean, they stick out over the road. They cantilever out of the road. They look like they're gonna fall on your car at any second. And if you look off to your left across the canyon right there, you can see that same layer of cake that got buried in there during the last eruption of Yellowstone Park and then got covered up with sedimentary stuff. On top of it, it's a fascinating geological area and it's called the Narrows. And I covered a cool hike over there that goes right along that ridge, top of that ridge to your left in the guidebook in the hiking section. So that's a really good hike for kids too. They wild twisted trees and, and osprey and bald eagles working those updrafts right through there. It's it's a hip little hike. And, and you, when you take a little kid on a hike like that, he gets back to the car, you know, he's going to have a grin on his face from ear to ear. He's going to think he just summited Mount Everest. You're going to go through the narrows and then real quickly, that box rock, that crazy yellow cake, layered cake look kind of ends just as fast as it started. <laughs> Hopefully those rocks are laying on the ground down there, I promise you. I mentioned this at the start of the guidebook. There's over 150 earthquakes a day in Yellowstone Park due to all the thermal activity under the road you're driving on right now. And as you're driving through that little area, you'll see giant rocks. You'll see some little small ones. You'll see some as big as shoeboxes laying on the ground right there that have fallen all day long, 24 hours a day. So, you know, I kind of scoot through that area pretty quickly when I go through there. But you'll see people out there walking underneath it, looking up, taking pictures and stuff. It's a fascinating little area and nothing like it anywhere else in Yellowstone Park. So that is what is called the Narrows. You're going to go through that area, and then there's going to be some weird rock formations pop up on your left. And those are called hoodoos. And the Tower Creek, which makes up Tower Falls, runs through those hoodoos. Now, unfortunately... You can't see the creek running through these from the road, but those hoodoos are really cool. And somewhere down there at the bottom of those hoodoos where Tower Creek comes tumbling down through there is the Devil's Den. Tower Falls is really cool. It's really worth a stop. The parking area's on your left. And this parking lot's much bigger than it used to be, so it's really easy to find a good parking spot right there. And if you guys are hungry or thirsty, go in the little gift shop right there. They've got an ice cream cream stand in there that serves really good ice cream. Will Coxon's ice cream is made right there outside of Yellowstone Park. It's really, really good. So find a parking spot and you're going to walk down the paved boardwalk down to the upper viewing platform for Tower Falls. Now there's a great picture in the guidebook of Tower Falls. And up until about, God, hang on, I got to look in the guidebook. There used to be a giant rock on the ledge of Tower Falls for a millennium. And I've got a really interesting story that's in the guidebook about that rock, and uh, you can kind of gather everybody around and read that story out of the guidebook to your group or your family, And uh, but it's really interesting. It has a lot of unique, odd, kind of people were gambling on it when it would fall and all that kind of stuff, But uh, and it was one of my mom's favorite things. I'm, I'm telling you guys, it looked like it was teetering. You know, just look in the guidebook. You can see an old picture of it in the guidebook. They don't have anything marking it now. They used to have a sign down there, front of Tower Falls, when you walk down there, and it said, when will it fall, and all this stuff, but uh, there's a great kind of historic story behind that when the uh, park was first named a national park, and the Hayden Expedition was there looking on it, and they were gambling 
labeling on it and all this kind of stuff. So, but that's all in the guidebook. It's kind of a fun thing for you guys to read to your family, and you'll have other people kind of gather around as you're reading that and kind of listening in on what you're saying. But uh, anyway, so all right, so that is the upper viewing platform, and 99% of the people that come look at Tower Falls stop right there. But for those of you that have bought a guidebook, in that guidebook, I tell you a great place to access the Yellowstone River from that viewing platform. And the Yellowstone River is extremely difficult to get down to the shores where you can actually put your feet in the water anywhere in Yellowstone Park. It's extremely difficult, and it's very difficult to find a place where you, if you do access the Yellowstone River, that it's just not raging around, and if you you know stick your feet in it and you slip and fall, you're going to end up dying. So, But in the guidebook, for those of you that purchased a guidebook, I describe how to get down to the Yellowstone River from that viewing platform and to get down there you can have a killer picnic lunch and it's a wonderful spot it's it's the best spot in Yellowstone Park to safely and easily access the Yellowstone River and nobody knows about it and I'm going to describe it in the guidebook tip for you guys how to get down to that wonderful spot and you can enjoy the Yellowstone River and have the entire place to yourself so that's just another example of the, the cake is in the guidebook. Uh, the, these podcasts are a little icing on the cake, and I'll tell you guys some, fun, some crazy stories along the way. All right, so moving on down the road. You've had your fun. You've taken all the pictures at uh, Tower Falls you want to mess with and uh, gone back there and got an ice cream cone. And But before you leave... We are going to make two more stops in this area, and both those are listed in the guidebook for you guys. So I am going to put you in a spot in this area right here that looks like you're standing in a Coors beer commercial. And a lot of you guys have gotten to this spot and even taken your Christmas card pictures in front of this area. So it's really cool, and if 10,000 people visit Tower Falls in a day... I bet less than 10 stumble onto this area, but uh, the ones by the guidebook know where this area is, and I tell you a great place to hunt for bears through here. There's also a really good little trick that I have learned over the years, a place to hunt for bears right there around that parking lot, and uh, you know nobody seems to notice this little area, but uh, you know once you know what I'm telling you guys in the guidebook where to look, you can toddle over there and, and there just might be a bear down there. It happens about one out of every 10 times. But, you know, if, unless you know where to look, nobody's ever going to go look over there. So, But all that stuff's in the guidebook for you guys. So get that information there. All right, swing back down, get in your car, and we are heading further east. All right, now... We covered all the places to see bears and wolves behind us in the guidebook, and it's kind of starting to thin out through here. However, east of Tower Junction, there always seems to be a couple of bears hanging out through here, particularly on the right or south side of the road. So keep your eyes peeled through here. It's kind of difficult to see them. They've got to be pretty close to the road because it's a pretty thick forest through here. But it it's always seems to be an area right there where you can always 
always find a bear or two. I think it might be the bears or two that are hanging out in the area that I kind of tell you guys to look at when you're parked back over there. But it's also, they kind of can, you know, migrate through this area. So it's a good spot to see bears through here. And I kind of just tell you to keep your eyes open through this one little area. But then the, the road kind of starts heading uphill and we start heading up towards Mount Washburn. And on the left side of the road is called the Antelope Bear Management Area. And on the right side of the road is the Washburn Bear Management Area. So I'm telling you, there is bears in here, but it, they're harder to see. So when you start heading up the hill towards Mount Washburn, there's a couple of pull-offs on your left, and you'll always see people out there with spotting scopes and binoculars and whatnot. And you can always swing in, just roll your window down, ask them if they got anything, because this is one of the few areas along this section of road where it's open enough where people can actually start finding stuff with a badass set of binoculars or a spotting scope or something. And they may have a bear or a wolf pack over there somewhere. So, you know, if you see somebody and you're still kind of hunting for a bear or wolf, pull over and ask them if they got anything. If they've got anything, you'll see a bunch of people out there with spotting scopes. That's how you see a bear in this area. There's really not a lot to stop and do along all the way up to the summit of Mount Washburn. Now, you will, when you get close to the summit, you're going to see a pull-off to the left for the Chittenden Road. The only reason to take this road is to see if you can find a grizzly bear or something up there. Now, you'll see grizzlies on that western slope of Mount Washburn every blue moon. Not all the time, but every blue moon. I, I've seen them there... 20 times out of the 500 times I've been through there. But you'll know it. It's the same gig. You, you'll see all these guys. You know, all those big photographers, they all have got radios. And if they, somebody sees a grizzly bear, they're going to get on their phone and go, hey, man, we got bears over here at, by Western Slope of Mount Washington. But they'll have a couple of grizzly bears over there pulling over some rocks and all that stuff. But if you're still hunting for bears, take that Chittenden Road. It goes up there dead ends. Then it's a hiking trail to the summit of Mount Washburn. But that's the only reason to go up that road. It, basically, Basically, I just keep going through there. I avoid that Chittenden Road. Keep going up, keep going up, and you can look off to your left and right. This gorgeous little drive through here. There's little seasonal waterfalls that come off the summit of Mount Washburn and, and kind of go under the road. It's a beautiful little section of road right through here. And then eventually you'll get to Dunraven Pass, which is the summit of the road with Mount Washburn off to your left going up much, much, much higher. This little parking area is just overrun with people all season long. And the reason for this is that is the starting point to get to the summit of Mount Washburn. Basically, you're on this Jeep road, and I'm telling you, it hundreds, hundreds, 500 people on that trail at any given time in July and August all summer long. I mean, kids listen to loud music on their phones, people pushing strollers, changing diapers along the trail, kids throwing rocks from above, parents are, you know, are watching what they're doing. And yeah, that is that hike is not for me, but it is it is just overrun with people all summer long because it's easy. It's a wide, easy trail. And, but I'm telling you guys, there are going to be hundreds of people you're going to be sharing that trail with back and forth. And that's not, not what I go to Yellowstone Park for. I, I, that's what I try to avoid in my life, honestly. And the views from Mount Washburn just aren't that great. You really can't see down into the canyon to your left. You can't really see the Tetons. They're too far off and everything else. 
Plus, you can drive down the road about three blocks. There's a really good pullout on the left right there, and they've got all these informative displays right there in front of you. tells you everything you're looking at. They can see the Yellowstone Caldera. You can see this. You can see this, and it shows you where all these things are on a map right in front of you of everything you're looking at on the horizon. And there's nothing like that at the summit of Mount Washburn. you got to figure it out for yourself, and you don't have any, any idea what you're looking at. But you get the same views that you do from the summit of Mount Washburn right there on the side of the road with these informative displays when you walked about 12 feet from your car door. So, and there's no kids or anything else or loud music or nobody changing a diaper on the trail right in front of you. That's that's a good pull-off. So, and I kind of avoid that summit of Mount Washburn like the plague. Continuing on down the road, uh, there's kind of a, uh, well, how should I put this? Um, well, let's just cut to the chase. I skateboarded from that display area on a, a four-foot pintail longboard skateboard right from that, that pullout on a closed Dunraven Pass road. And I tell the story about how I came up with this really fun, exciting, somewhat stupid idea in the podcast Norris to Canyon. It's not in the guidebook. It's too lengthy to put in the guidebook, but that's one of the stories that's in these podcasts. So if you want to hear that story about how I came up with this, it involves a monster grizzly bear and two boys from Italy. They're actually from Positano, Italy. And All right, so as you guys continue on down the hill, we're going to get to this great hike for kids and find the elusive moose. All right, as you guys safely proceed down that hill in your car, you guys laughing about me on a skateboard, and look to your right, when you kind of get down to the bottom of the hill and it flattens out a little bit, there's a, a picnic area on your right called Cascade Lake. And anybody that's listened to me in the past or read the guidebook knows I'm not a fan of using any of the picnic areas in the park because there's so many great spots just to pull up and park without any people and have a great picnic lunch. However, this is the launching point for a wonderful short hike for little kids that I've got listed in the guidebook for you guys. So in the guidebook, I explain everything, how this works and where you're going. And there's also some campsites around this lake. And this is a really good short hike for little kids and this is where you're going to find the elusive moose. Moose are almost as hard to find in Yellowstone Park as grizzly bears. There are very, very few moose. Moose are really easy to find down in Grand Teton and in the guidebook I tell you where you guys can find them almost guaranteed down in the Tetons. But up here in Yellowstone Park, this one spot, and you got to get there at the right time and all that information is for you guys in the guidebook. But Cascade Lake is not only a great little hike for, for little kids, they'll think they conquered Mount, Mount Everest when they get back there and they get back to the car. This is also a great spot to camp out. I'm going to tell you guys a story about that and this is the spot at the right time of day that you will see the elusive moose. I mean, it is like they got let out of pens and then about a half dozen moose just inundate this area through there, but they only do it at one time per day. So all that information is in the guidebook for you guys to find Bullwinkle, and you might even see Rocky back there. Who knows? But here's a great story that occurred to us when I took my little kids back there. 
And when we were camping with my daughters, little little kids, well, they've got a campsite right on the lake too. If you want little kids that want to go camp out at night and you don't want to have to worry about carrying their pack too far, this is a great camping site. And I, and I covered this site as well as all the other good sites for kids in the hiking chapter in the guidebook. So remember, you guys don't have to worry about jotting notes down. Just get the guidebook. It's just too easy. But one night we were camped here at Cascade Lake when my kids were little. There's probably six of us or seven of us in a party. I was just blacked out of my tent, you know, and they're snoring in my sleeping bag. And the kid, we had this, I had this giant tent. We could get me and my wife and two kids and a couple of their friends in there. You know, I carried this monster around on my back, but we're only walking for two miles. It wasn't like I was doing a 20 mile, 12,000 foot summit hike or anything. Anyway, we're in this tent. I'm sitting there sleeping and I'm all snuggled up, just warmed up. I thought my wife was pushed over against me, snoring along. The sun comes up. I get up early and uh, I kind of get up and I raise my head up and I was going, huh, um, well, my wife's over there. Who's this laying up against me, breathing up against me? Looked over there, there's my kids, there's her friends, and everything else. And I go, wow, that's the edge of the tent. So I just as slowly as I could, something's on the outside of the tent, laying against the tent, breathing on me. And it's really, really nice and warm. It's really, really comfy, comforting. It's like a little space heater on the side of my tent. I walk out there and I stick my head around the tent. And there's an elk laying there. And there's about 30 or 40 elk. Our, our entire area where we've got our uh, tents pitched, there's about 30 elk laying there. And there's an elk laying right on the outside of my tent. This doe elk has been sleeping next to me all night long. I'm telling you guys, Yellowstone Park can provide you some absolutely magical moments like that that happens in your life. I mean, that's living a great story. That's it. I mean, and Yellowstone Park provides that stuff when you least expect it. So when you something's going, you have big guys been going around all day long and you hadn't seen much or anything else, man, that's right when you least expect it. Yellowstone Park provides the most unexpected, amazing things you're ever going to have happen in your entire life. So that that's like a really, really funny, funny story. Really cool story when we were camped at that little Cascade Lake uh, camping area right there, which is great for kids. All right, once you guys are back on the main road, you're literally about two blocks north of the junction intersection for the canyon area and all the waterfalls and all that fun stuff. So if you guys have got a little time and you've completed the north loop and you hopefully you guys have seen a ton of bears and wolves and all that yada yada and you guys want to go see a few waterfalls and all that stuff, then just start reading the chapter South Loop. Canyon Waterfalls and Yellowstone Lake, and you guys can pick up the first part of that chapter, and it'll tell you everything you need to do in the canyon area to go have a great time in the canyon area, which takes about two hours to visit everything in the canyon area. But if you guys got a little time and want to go catch a cool waterfall and go to the lower falls or go down to the brink of the falls or something like that, then you know, hop in there and do it and just kind of refer to the everything, all the information in the guidebook for you guys to go down there and have a great time in there, and then you guys can head back to West Yellowstone or wherever else you guys are staying. So, and with that we have completed this podcast and we have completed the entire north loop which runs from norris to mammoth mammoth to tower tower up and back of the northeast entrance road and then finally this podcast is tower to canyon and remember it's just a fun place for me to tell you guys some good stories i told you the story about the elk sleeping next to my tent and the previous podcast told a story about forrest finn and that guy that lost everything in his life chasing that idiotic treasure that never existed and the podcast before that i told you 
fun story about this guy leaving a motorhome park in the middle of the road and just abandoned ship on it. There's five miles where the car stacked up behind him. And the one before that is that really funny story about that ranger who hands out the back country permits and got his ex-girlfriend who cheated on him with his best friend. I'd listen to that story every day, 20 times a day, and listen to her tell newbies that are going hiking in the backcountry what to do and what not to do and all that stuff. And God, I hope that guy doesn't have to keep listening to that. But that's what these podcasts do. They enable me to tell you guys some fun stories like that. And there are some really good stories and interesting stories too. But remember, the big, big information stuff and all the stuff you need to know to pull off the North Loop and go to the place to find all the bears and wolves is, of course, in the guidebook for you. Remember, the guidebook's the cake. These podcasts, a little icing on the cake if you want to hear some fun stories like like that and kind of as you're driving along a little driving tour through the park so all right i will see you guys in the park and we will also cover one more spot to see bears and wolves which is on the south loop which is actually from here down towards the lake area there's a, a good place to see bears but only in the springtime and uh we had this guy see 12 bears and that is where he saw them but he saw them in the third and fourth week in may so but we'll cover that in the guidebook and we also cover that gloss over that in the podcast Canyon Junction to Lake Hotel. So, all right, you guys have a great time hunting bears and wolves in the park, and I promise you, I will be there. You'll see me. I practice what I preach. Lisa and I go bombing through there, and we hunt for bears just like you guys do. And if I see you, we'll jump on together and go see what we can find. So, all right, talk to you guys later. See you. Bye bye.